Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Printing, packing, faxing. The UPS store can do any ing and every ing for small business. And of course, shipping. Wow, that's really some ing. The UPS store. The UPS store franchise locations are independently owned and operated. Services pricing and hours may vary. See center for details. Now you're welcome along to the Huddle Preview. We're looking ahead to the Scottish Cup fourth round, and it is a big one. Celtic against Rangers, 3 o'clock this Sunday. Alan Morrison and Juco James are online with me now. Lads, how are you getting on? Good, thanks. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, indeed. Hopefully it'll be a happy Saturday and Sunday for Celtic fans as they take on Rangers this Saturday at 3 o'clock in the Scottish Cup fourth round. Obviously, we know... Rangers well at this point in time we've played them three times this season already and we're going to play them another couple of times before the end of the season so I suppose Scottish Cup it's a little bit different to the league games especially now that the league is over it's something to play for there's a trophy on the line that probably adds a little bit more pressure to it for the likes of John Kennedy and these players but also it should be a bit of motivation as well Alan. Yeah, and, and I think pressure uh, is a good thing. And the reason I say that is because uh, you know Celtic playing a team that, as far as I'm concerned, has been put under no pressure at all at any point during this season. And I think it will be really good to see how they you know they, they deal with that pressure. Um, and I don't think there's any. I think there is pressure on Celtic because clearly the, 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 there's a bit of redemption there in terms of what an appalling season that Celtic have had. And obviously, as holders of the Scottish Cup, you know it's theirs to lose. Um, you know, having having this incredible run in the in the competition, um, but what I'm looking for Celtic to do is to put put them under pressure and see how they deal with it. Because as I say, it's something that hasn't happened domestically at any point at all in this season. Like Jack Charlton put him under pressure from the Italian nineties for any elder uh, Ireland fans listening to the podcast. One thing that's coming up time and time again, especially on our Twitter when we asked if there was any questions ahead of this game, and that is Sockboy, who is asking what's the best formation to play against these 4-2-3-1 or the Diamond, and Eddie is also asking what's the best way to cope with their system as well, especially down to our height. So James, I suppose you do a lot of benchmarking going into these games. You've mentioned the narrow formation that Rangers play, so in terms of Celtic, let's start with us. Um, What formation should we be playing in this game? I won't presuppose to know. I think uh, I certainly have an opinion. Um, I think most importantly, I think there's a decent chance that we'll play a coherent 
formation, which is a, a great step forward, uh, as we talked about uh, yesterday on on our review of the the Livingston game. So a lot of positives to take away from um, the stretch under Kennedy. Uh, I, I have a strong preference for the diamond, and um, that that there's multiple aspects to that. First is, um, to my surprise, quite frankly, preceding the January 2nd derby, uh, I, I did some testing because it looked like we might be playing uh, the diamond heading into that. And, and I went through um, a bunch of teams that play a similar 4-3-3 uh, to, to Rangers, i.e. Liverpool and some other teams. I mean, they all have obviously little intricacies and variations. Um, and I've talked about this on prior shows, but I was surprised by um, the lack of that matchup. And it has, I think it somewhat has to do with kind of the uh, the common sense expectation that with the um, the importance of the fullbacks in the system that Rangers play, that uh, playing kind of a, a, a four a diamond midfield might open up the flanks too much, and it intuitively might be a bad matchup. Um, or a bad system to use. So when I tested, I was actually shocked at how effective it had been uh, just broadly. And um, so that, that gave me some optimism heading into January 2nd. And I think that optimism was largely, um, you know, validated because uh, we pretty much dominated that game up until the red card um, to varying degrees. I mean, we've had this issue mm. of running out of gas in the second half, the whole season pretty much. Um, so obviously small sample, one game, um, but given the, the context of the other research I did and looking at, uh, kind of benchmarking other teams and the matchups, um, so that's just a general preference. And then if you look at our available personnel, I think, you know, um, I, I think there's been this interesting, uh, renewal of a romance with Forrest, um, and, and as I've talked about, I'm a big fan of Forrest, but his track record against Rangers generally has not been great, um, even just from a statistical perspective, a performance statistical perspective. Um, and uh, so I, I just I don't see him as being a savior um, playing four four two three one. I don't like the I don't like Brown in the four two three one, which I've said over and over again, and the issues that that presents relative to transitions we saw that against Livingston again where Livingston really aren't good enough to make us uh, make Celtic pay um, but you know multiple occasions Brown was kind of caught forward pressing or making runs with the ball deep into Livy's um, fi- you know the final third in, in attacking and and um, you know just leaving huge holes and space in the, in the midfield so with the diamond we don't have that kind of vulnerability nearly as much so as it looks like Brown's probably going to get selected, I'd much rather have him play as kind of a central six, uh, kind of, you know, that discipline role that Alan and I have talked about. Um, and, you know, um, if, if with the, the fitness issues and the questions about Forrest, I mean, I, th- this is the current version of Forrest, which again, he's, he had a decent game against Falkirk and a decent game against Livingston, but that is not a European level opponent. Uh, so the idea that he, with the limited amount of time that he's had, even if we ignore kind of the long-term mm-hmm. track record and, you know, the issues that we've had um, um, relative to, to Rangers with him playing, I, you know, that's a step up. That's a big step up. And, and I think to Alan's point, 
Uh, I think I expect this game to be quite different than um, either of the last two because of the pressure, because it being, uh, you know, there's no replays. So this, yeah. this is it. Um, so I, I suspect it might be a little cagey and then maybe, you know, they really go after each other a little bit, which would be, might hopefully be entertaining. Um, so again, I, I, I like the sound structure of the diamond. Um, I'll be controversial and I'd prefer Christie in that midfield with the energy in that context, uh, relative to, you know, again, Forrest where he's maybe re-injured and also having not played at this level in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my preference. Well, the thing about Forrest is that, you know, he's only back from fitness. So is he fully match fit in the first place? And then if he's injured again or even half injured, then I don't really see the, you know, the positive side of starting him in this game. You can have him on the bench if you want. But I mean, if he's not fully fit to begin with and he's got injured again, then he's definitely not up to match fitness to play against the likes of Rangers. And I think if he plays or not really largely will uh, dominate the Celtic formation because if he plays it's likely to be a 4-2-3-1 with him on the right rather than him on the right of a diamond um, so I think that would make sense if he's not ready then Celtic are probably going to play the diamond I, I, I would imagine um, in terms of this game though Alan because and it's been mentioned the draw the last time out the game didn't really mean anything but both teams are going for a win here now so we might see a different Celtic side but we also might see a, a different Ranger side as well yeah, no, absolutely. And, and just to to, to, to Tuppensworth on the formation side, I, mean, I guess some formations are interesting. I like discussing them as much as anyone, but really, to me, shape is more important than formation. So um, it's really where, where you are and what your role is on the pitch. Uh, with, with the ball, it can be quite different from without the ball as well. So you often have two different shapes. Uh, Celtic often, even, even in a 4-2-3-1 nominally, we're actually 4-4-2 out of possession under Lennon. So it shapes more important an, an organisation, uh, really, to me. But I agree with what you said. I think if, if Forrest is fit, then I think he plays. And it, and it is pretty much what we saw last week, possibly Laxalt coming in for Taylor, uh, just to, because he's got that, that more that more energy. And I think a, a well-managed, disciplined Laxalt is possibly could got the edge. On, on Taylor in that regard, so same as you know Brown. I'm, I'm less worried about Brown than I have been, only because he's clearly been told to limit his role to staying fairly centrally and and not being too expansive in his in his, in his kind of um, horizontal uh, movement. So he's playing a much simpler role. That that makes absolute sense. Even if Celtic play the four two three one, I what I would expect is that um, especially possibly out of possession, it becomes actually a mirror of Rangers four three three. In any case, Turnbull dropping in the two players who will often come in in the attacking shape. In any case, El Unicine Forest, as we saw against uh, Livingston, they were they were making inside channel runs over and over again, and that was very effective. Um, and Turnbull, it's, no, it's no great stretch for Turnbull to drop back as an eight. So I could see I could see Kennedy perhaps matching up. Um, otherwise, if Forrest is not fit, then it's a simpler decision to bring Christian and go back to that that sort of diamond shape, which I think suits that group of players uh, mm-hmm. quite well. But I agree with what you're saying. We're going to see a different game. I mean, again, one of the many, many things you won't read in the Scottish press is that I, I, I felt personally that in the last two games, uh, they played quite defensively and had a very defensive mindset. They were, they were going to be happy with a draw in both games. In New Year, um, it was, you know, you can't, can't Celtic catch up. And in the, in the last game, 
they're just at this stage they're protecting their own their unbeaten record and really um you know the, the win fell into their laps after that sending off in the uh, in the January game and then and then they managed to get a quick goal after we did score from another set piece um and and, and to be, but to be honest they they had been taking a long time over throw-ins restarts from the from almost the first minute uh, it will be very different i think as as you rightly say on sunday uh, because uh, you know it, somebody has to win, they have to come out a bit more, and I think that will actually. I think it will suit Celtic because what you did, what you saw was you know Barisic relatively wasn't really uh, coming much beyond the halfway line in either of those games, and not, not playing as expansively. And you know th- this is a team that you know has only scored you can see the eleven goals in the league, um, and we'll come on to expected goals I'm sure later. But uh, you know they are they are essentially quite a defensive team, and I think that's their nature. But so they're going to have to open up at some point. And I think that with Celtic, I've got superior speed in the team. So I think there's opportunities there when they do. Yeah, and I think we saw the intent from Celtic, maybe not the execution to a large extent when we played them in the in the in the drawn game where El Yunusi was getting on the left back or the right back of Rangers, getting off the the left side of the midfield, and really that was where we were targeting. In terms of this game, then um, you mentioned XG there. We may as well talk about the XG. Rangers are a side that are outperforming their XG at the minute, but I mean, Just that's, that's not necessarily <laughs> a bad thing. But in terms of, will we start with Celtic or will we start with Rangers when it comes to the XG and, and what we're performing, where we're benchmarking at the minute? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll let James pick that up, but I'll just rattle through comparative stats aggregated over three games mm-hmm. because this might surprise you. This is the three games between the two. These are some kind of... These are metrics I tend to look at as my sort of um, summary stats for a match. So expected goals, this is aggregated over three games, 3.47 to 3.26 in, in our in Celtic's favour. Shots at total, 32 to 25. Um, chances created, 26 to 20. Passing impact, so this is the ability to play through lines. Total score, 9.35 Celtic. Six nine two uh, for them. Goalkeeper saves five by Celtic keepers, nine by uh, McGregor. Um, so you, you look at you look at that, and and it is it's pretty level, if not Celtic having the edge actually. So mm. I think I think you know we should take some comfort from that. James, do you take comfort with that? Yes and no. Uh, I, I did a thread earlier in the week. So I, I joked yesterday when we started the show about uh, Kennedy's comments and uh, you know, he, he referenced it in his pregame uh, presser today. Um, you know, it was pretty clear what he was saying in context. And, and I, you know, I, I did a thread earlier in the week looking at um, kind of XG trends this season variants and um, you know, some of the just pretty remarkable fortune. And again, I, I'm not, um, diluting or, or um, making light of of uh, the, the accomplishments this season in the league of, of Rangers, but you don't go undefeated in a league season without some degree of variance that's positive. Um, so I referenced in that thread how uh, Rogers Invincible side had I think it was a plus eight in uh, penalty calls uh, last season. Uh, Lennon's Celtic, which actually from an XG perspective, an XG differential perspective was a, a little better than Rogers invincible side. 
Um, they had a plus five in uh, in red cards. Uh, so the, the opponents had, I think, six red cards, and, and Celtic only had one last season. This season, Rangers have had nine penalties, uh, none against. They've made six. So that's six goal difference. And they've had zero red cards, and their opponents have had five. So they, they've basically had the, the fortune of Rogers side and Lennon side combined in one season. And um, from December, mid-December, when their performance levels really started to decline, um, they're, you know, we talk about something called expected points, which is just based off of probability uh, relative to shot creation in each game. Um, you can do, you know, Monte Carlo simulation of that and um, create something called expected points. So again, it's, it, it, it's a probability thing. It's like all of these things. It's all about analyzing probabilities and sequencing and that kind of thing. And if you do that um, for their whole season, really, uh, they've outperformed on an ex, you know, relative to their expected points by, by about 11, I think, 11 or 12, and almost all of that since December. So they, they've had pretty good sequencing here um, since mid-December where they've had a run of games that were very close on an XG basis uh, where they easily could have dropped points. Um, you know, they, they drew against Hamilton despite Hamilton, you know, I think it was over one in XG differential. Um, you know, the game against Hibbs this past weekend was kind of a, you know, from an XG perspective was a toss-up and there was the, the header where there was a foul call to that very easily could have been a draw if the a call goes the other way. Um, you know, you had the, um, uh, the, a call. The, Is that a euphemism? Well, it's, it's, it's an absolute disgrace. I mean, it was a bad call. Why, um, why, why do we bother looking at stats when you get decisions like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and then there was the, the, the red card from roof early in the game. Uh, well, it should have been a red card. And I, I think subsequently went back and gave him the red card. So again, that kind of, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I prefer not to get down into the, uh, the, the supposition on, on some of the stuff, but regardless of why or how the reality is they've had good fortune, mm-hmm. right? It's just almost an argument. And it's not like Celtic haven't had it in the past. Like I just said, with the two really good performing Celtic sides of the last five or six seasons, Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, whether it's talent disparity, whether it's, you know, refereeing quality, whatever it might be, the reality is the sequencing and the variance has been very favorable to Rangers. Well, why does that matter? Well, I don't think they're as good as their table record suggests, just like I argued they were a lot better last season. You know, so this is not a me uh, winding up Rangers. I, I made a, a, a rather lengthy argument that they were much better than the table of 13 points suggested at the conclusion of last season. Well, I think this season the teams are way closer than 20 points in, in relative quality. So within that context, I think Kennedy's comments about a one-off game are completely accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not, not only from just a generic sense, any two teams in a, in a one game, it's always going to be a, you know, from a probabilities perspective, variance is always much higher in single games, as we've talked about over and over again, and probably will never cease talking about. Yeah. Um, but when you when you start getting down into relative quality of teams, I, I think, a, and this is why I argued that Kennedy should have been appointed, you know, a lot earlier than he was as caretaker, is just a competently managed Celtic side, even with, you know, the poor 
transfer window and the incoherence of the transfer window, I think is is a close in quality team relative to Rangers. Um, now, is that a 5% difference one way or the other? You know, over a season, that kind of discussion matters. In a one-off game, it's, you know, whether it's 5%, 10% in quality, either direction, it's 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 really uh, academic to a degree. Yeah. Um, so well, all, all you need to do is look at teams that did well in the Champions League comparative to their league form. For example, the, the year Chelsea won it when Di Matteo eventually took the side to a Champions League trophy or Liverpool in 05 in Istanbul. Their league form was awful, but their once-off Champions League games, and maybe that's also an argument that can be thrown at Pep Guardiola's teams this, these days, is that over the course of a long-term season, yes, he does really well, but in these cup games, there is an argument to be made that the likes of Jose Mourinho or their, their stand, style of football um, or their style of management works better because it's just it's a different ball game altogether to to the league form. In terms of this game, sorry, go ahead, on. Sorry, uh, and uh, I was going to say Guardiola is, is interesting because his his whole philosophy and style of play that he has his teams playing is to reduce variance as much as he possibly can. I don't think he would call it that, and he would probably see it as something far more uh, romantic. But actually, what he's actually doing, if you look at his methods, is he's trying to reduce variance by maintaining possession, by trying to get overloads in key positions, and by trying to get the ball into situations where you're going to have a higher XG than if you uh, if you shot from further out, it's really, it's, and that, making that sound overly simple, he, he, you know, he trains in complex patterns uh, and movement for his players to achieve that. But mm-hmm. fundamentally, that's what he's trying to do. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it is simple, though. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a concept. Like, yes. Yeah, it's a concept. It's yeah, a because con- yeah. I, I, I often think with football analysis, people get too bogged down a little bit on. Um, you know, like people people talk about the modern day footballer and how they understand the game a lot more and all this here. But realistically, like the objective is still the same. You overload in certain positions. You keep the ball. You move into space, and it's essentially all about understanding space. And if you read Pep Guardiola's book, like <laughs> the majority of it is, is just understanding the space that you're in. So that that that's he's he's a, an interesting case study in in, in terms and, of his, his and actually you you kudos to uh, to the Rangers because another stat sorry I meant to give you is actually despite all of those comparative aggregate numbers that I gave you the one the one I should have given you and I genuinely just I just forgot in, 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 as I was scrolling through was uh, the touches in the box uh, actually is 39 Celtic 50 to them and that's exactly the point and if you watch the way they play and I've said this before they, they, in contrast to Celtic under Lennon who would as soon as there was some some space to cross, they would be lumping the ball into the box. They come out, they could start again. Unless there's a really good quality uh, and a high chance of finding somebody in the box, they tend to, to recycle the ball. Because mm-hmm. again, the, 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 the way that they're trained is to try and maximise uh, on, on those chances. And that's showed in that very one stat, the fact that despite you know, being behind on all of those metrics, they actually have worked the ball into the box on more occasions because of that patience, because of that. Right? And it's a very deliberate uh, approach to the way that they play. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of this fixture, then as we move on to the actual prediction of it, like these games have been very close, and often Celtic have, you know, dominated fifteen twenty minutes off them. So I think looking at a Celtic side, they're a bit more confident than they were over the last the, the last two fixtures against against the Rangers, and looking a bit more, um, you know, organised 
understanding what their roles are. El Unisi has a you know an, an actual role in the team now that that involves very specific things to do. So are are we more confident going into this game now than that we the previous games I, I think we would be wouldn't we well i'm uh, as always i'll be a jerk and be nuanced um i want i want a yes or no come on black and uh, white come on i i am um more optimistic on the result um i'm less optimistic relative to january 2nd let's put it that way okay relative to january 2nd because again I, I i think the last game was you know, yeah, it, was, it was a nothing game. Yeah, it was nothing. So the the the, the game there, there's only really been one game this season where there's been something of de, of degree at stake because the first game was COVID ridden and I mean it was just a complete debacle and mess. Um, so that January second game, uh, I was quite confident going into it, and then Celtic just suffered horrible variants in that game. I mean it was just a bad luck kind of game. Um, with a lot of bad decisions that we reviewed at the time where the opportunities of open space self to create in that game were just incredible. And the amount of XG that we created off of the, the opportunities were pathetic. Um, so I, I, I'm optimistic that we might finally get a little bit of positive variance. I mean, we're, we're certainly due. Um, but I'd, I'd actually be surprised if the underlying performance is as good as January 2nd. Uh, so I, I think, you know, and part of that's my, my uh, green and white, uh, tinted glasses, let's say, uh, that, you know, probably somewhere close kind of, a you know, not much in it in the differential on an XG basis, or even, you know, Rangers could, you know, outperform. Um, but I, I think having a coherent setup with Edward and El Unissi, um, particularly Elianusi with how, I mean, I, I think that's something that people have started to come around about re- most recently again, is how good of a finisher he is. If, if he keeps uh, finishing like Dalgleish, then I'm going to have to insist we buy him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, and that's been evident in his whole tenure too, Alan. I mean, it's, that's not, and it's evident in his Basel data and his, uh, you know, Molda. I mean, he is a good finisher. Um, so, you know, it's so those Turnbull. We've talked about that. Right. So we, we, we could have a couple of Turnbull 30 yarders that go in, you know, that kind of thing, or an Elianusi, um, incredible finish, uh, or a flying header, that kind of thing. Um, so I think we've got the quality now and the coherence now where we, we're, we're set up to have some positive variance potentially with some finishers. Um, so that, that's my nuanced view. Pro- pro- probably a little worse on a performance basis relative, um, but that we might finish our chances better. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's my hope. Alan, I'll give you the first dibs at the prediction then. <laughs> so listen, I choose positive, okay? <laughs> Today I choose to be positive. You know, I don't know whether it's because it's sunny here, I've got a really busy weekend, I've had my hair cut, I'm so happy about that, finally. Uh, so I choose to be positive. You've got a <laughs> wonderful think... shirt on as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Friday shirt time. So um, listen, I think uh, you know, uh, the more I looked at this game, uh, the more... The, the, the sort of positive variance that they've had, and and, for, and you know we can go into the reasons for that. 
you know, is it, is it by design or are there other other factors? I think there's probably a combination. Um, you know, they've had a lot of close games recently where they've had the benefit of the variance, sometimes referee-induced, sometimes it's just the way it's gone, um, you know, over and over and over again. If you look at their um, individual players in the league, you know, Aribo, Ar- Arfield, Haji, Morelos, Roof, they're all overperforming on expected uh, expected goals and assists versus what they're actually achieving. Whereas on the Celtic side, you know, Christie, Rogic, Edward are all underperforming on that basis. Turnbull's kind of average and, and so is McGregor's kind of as expected. And Elianis is probably over, the only one that's really overperforming a little bit. But, but again, you look at, you know, he's only played the equivalent of about uh, 11 games in the league. Uh, whereas you know you look at you look at them you've got Barisic thirty one league appearances Goldson thirty four Camp Kamara twenty nine Aribo twenty seven Haji twenty nine Morelos twenty six Kent thirty four Davis thirty one they've had virtually no injuries to speak of Jack's been missing for a while and Arfield's been missing for a while but I wouldn't call them you know game changing. Uh, uh, players, they've, they've really had, and on top of the the positive variance, both goals for and goals against, on top of all the refereeing decisions that have gone their way, they've had virtually no injuries. They've been able to to select a very settled team. They've not made many changes in the league. Um, the Rangers have got one of the lowest um, averages for a number of changes per to line up per league game. We talked about Livingston last week by design having a lot of changes. A lot more changes per per lineup. So all of all of those things um, point to me that yeah, as, and as well as the the context of the three games that we have had, you know, the absolute you know catastrophe of an international window that preceded the game one. On top of all of the in, of all of the in existing injuries, you know, Morelos not being picking up a yellow card until his sixth foul, you know, <laughs> uh, and then and then and, you know the game game two where you know Morelos commits a straight red card offence in the fourth minute and doesn't even get booked. Um, and then, you know, the referee, you know, the, and then, you know, bit on, you know, Madden nearly dislocated his shoulder getting the red card out for him, uh, which is, you know, fair enough. I think it was a red card, etc. But as, as as James said, the, 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 the negative variance for Celtic in these games has is, is just gone on and on and on. So I choose positive. And I, but I'm also just really um, enthused about um, how Celtic have settled under Kennedy and, and you know, most of the metrics are, 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 are trending positive in, in those last games. But what I saw against Livingston, um, and I know oh, it's 6 0, it's Livingston, you might say, but what I saw was uh, improved movement, improved fitness, improved coherence, and, and, and improved variation of play. We saw players playing, simplifying their game. I've seen Laxal simplifying his game. Kenny is becoming more effective because he's simplified his game. Brown has simplified his game. El Yunusi's hitting form. The only one that really worries me is uh, is actually Edward, because I do think his head is just nowhere near it at the moment, as we talked about on the huddle breakdown yesterday. So I choose positive. I think uh, you know they're they're definitely due one. I mean, even in Europe. You know, I think they've done really well. I think they're all very well coached by Beal, a very well organised, coherently recruited, set up team. Of, of, of. You know, I, I'm not. I don't. I honestly don't mean to damn, damn by faint praise when I say average players because if you look at it, there's not one of the reasons they didn't have many issues with international periods because they don't actually have that many international uh, players in the in the squad. You know, mm-hmm. but but, they, but they've been coached into a really good unit. They've done really well in Europe, but they haven't played a single team from the top five leagues, apart from Leverkusen, who beat them very, very comfortably. So, so be positive. 
is my message. We're due some positive variance. The team is on the right trajectory in the way that we're playing. Um, their players have played a lot of games this season. Um, they've been sneaking games right, left and centre in the last sort of month or so. And that, pos- that that variance has to go against them at some point. It just has to. Mm-hmm. You very, very like train spotting there with the choose positive. So I, I think, I think, um, yeah, I, I'm confident going into this game. I, I, I think this is the first real test that Rangers have faced in terms of Celtic this year, because as you said, the, the, the reasons behind there, the COVID, you know, the January, this is the first time that Celtic have had someone in charge who has the team organized and the players are fit and they're confident, and they're playing well. So this this is the real first derby match of the year that actually means something, and actually Rangers might get a proper test in it. So I, I, I'm confident Celtic might actually win this, if not uh, at least bring it to extra time. So, James, what's what's your score prediction? Yeah, so if, um, if we play the diamond, I'll go 3-1 Celtic. Okay. If we line up 4-2, 3-1, I'll say... Uh, Penalty kicks after a one-one draw. <laughs> Alan, your thoughts? I'm going to go two-one uh, Celtic. I think Bobby Madden will nick one, but I think where I think we'll. Uh... <laughs> Do you know? Actually, I, I, when I was listing all the appearances, I think Bobby Madden's uh, had enough appearances to get a league medal this year. So, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> Fair play to him. I'm going to go. I'm going to go even further. I don't think Celtic are going to concede in this. I'm going to. I'm going to say two 0 to Celtic. And I'd say I'm. I'm. I'm going to be the probably furthest off in terms of my prediction, but I don't care. Anyway, that is the huddle preview for the weekend. Enjoy the derby match. Hopefully, we come out with a win, and hopefully, next week's breakdown will be a positive one because we have Absolutely. not had a positive one after a derby so far yet so let's hope for that and you can catch that in the usual place as well thanks for listening we'll chat to you later
get ready to cheer on Team USA. Sign up for Xfinity Internet and get a Flex 4K streaming box free and Peacock Premium included. Can your internet do that? Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Peacock subscription required. Xfinity, proud partner of Team USA. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.